Of course the kids see that you don't want to do it. You're dull, you're bored, you're not excited about this. You're going through the motions. You roll something new out you're proud about, that energy, you've got the kids because they feed off you. They're like sponges. You know, you start with that energy, then you get it back off them. It just flows around the room. listening to the NZPE Teacher Cast, a podcast sharing some of the inspirational stories from amazing teachers and educators within New Zealand and around the world. Today's episode is sponsored by My Study Series, an online learning platform supporting Kiwi teachers and students through NCEA. With online achievements and badges for completing key tasks, My Study Series ensures students are highly engaged and motivated to learn. Check it out now at mystudyseries.co.nz. Kia ora everyone and welcome to episode 22 of the NZPE Teacher Cast. Today's guest is an educator by the name of Dale Sybottom. He is an Australian but we'll try not to hold that against him. I think you're going to get a lot of motivation out of this interview. Dale is a special character whose enthusiasm is really infectious and I guarantee you're going to get this vibe throughout the entire episode. So Dale, welcome to the podcast. Carl, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, buddy. Before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your teaching background and experience and a few tidbits about your current role in education because you're actually not in front of the classroom at this point in time, are you? No, I'm not, mate. I'm not. And uh, I suppose my education, uh, grew up in a small town in country Victoria in Australia. Um, and from there, I went to university. I've taught primary school and secondary school PE. I've taught in the classroom uh, in both as well um, in Australia and I spent two and a half years teaching in the UK and then uh, for the past four and a half years besides this year I taught for a company called Cedar and Cricket Australia in Melbourne where I taught young elite cricketers which was a really good job um, I'm pretty passionate about cricket so for me I sort of had the dream job but uh, I sort of had this other passion and interest and that was um, sort of getting out there and going around and sharing sort of my passion to get kids moving and engaged through games and so this year I resigned from my job and um, started a company called Energetic Education and I've been uh, traveling around Australia, New Zealand and uh, soon to be Asia running workshops for teachers which has been amazing mate. Are you, so are you primary trained or are you secondary trained? I'm both so with my degree as a PE teacher I did uh, prep to year 12 so yeah. I can, I've, well, I taught year 11, year 12, and then uh, I remember when I got back from London and have a job, and I did, I was a grade one classroom teacher for a term, and wow, that was a, uh, that's the hardest teaching I've ever done in my life, mate. I, I bet it was. Considering your primary experience, um, what do you think yep. are the biggest challenges that primary teachers face um, in being able to bring high quality physical education to their students? Uh, just not enough time, mate. They, um, from all the primary school teachers that I've spoken to this year and my previous experience is that most primary school teachers get an hour of, an hour to 45 minutes a week with each student. So think about that, what you can actually deliver. You, you can't deliver enough and hence why we're having so many issues with students that are overweight, obese, not playing sport. Um, it's simply because 
they're not getting enough PE. And as a, particularly in most primary schools, there's only one PE teacher. There's not much support. Um, so that's where I've tried to give them ideas and ways to get the kids moving in the classroom as well. Um, because I don't think PE is just for out in the gym or out in the oval. Um, we can always be moving in the classroom as well. So I think that's a really big barrier. Um, it's slowly changing, but until the, the, there's more PE teachers or there's more time allowed, for physical activity, I don't think it's going to really change. So why are there not more PE teachers in primary? Oh, it's all to do with funding, you know. Um, at the end of the day, uh, it's more important at the moment to do an hour of literacy, hour of numeracy, an hour of reading a day. Um, and that's sort of the core focus where I think if they realise that you can actually do those while moving, while being engaged, you can get the crossover. And I know we're working on a project together at the moment to really promote that. but. Um, it just needs more people sort of talking about this and getting it out there because the research and benefits are out there, but um, too many people are going down this traditional path that learning's done sitting down in a classroom. So um, hopefully we can spread the word, mate, and change a few, few outlooks. I, yeah, I think you're onto it, and I think you're, um, yeah, this focus on active education and being able to move freely this, regardless of the learning area is, is something that we, we really should consider but both primary and secondary um, I'm really interested in your experience in, in the Cricket Australia Sports Development Program what was all that about and how did you find working in elite sport yeah so I suppose growing up um, I've always played a lot of cricket I've coached at a high level and I've also played quite high representative cricket um, so I've kept them like my state and things like that in, uh, in Australia um, so I've always had a bit of a passion for it, but I suppose going into this program, I started at just one of the basic classes. So I was just teaching general students and then the opportunity arose for me to take over the talented players program. And so I went from uh, not doing a great deal of training to every Wednesday, we'd go to the MCG, the Melbourne Cricket Ground, training the underground nets. Um, we'd have allocated time for three training sessions a week. That was fitness, gym, in the nets. Uh, exposure to state and elite coaches um, as well as players so for me it was like a dream come true so the MCG is like the holy grail for me it's the home of cricket home of AFL football and I was able to go there and train in the um, high performance gym and in the nets every Wednesday so for me I just sort of pinched myself at the start um, and then yeah I sort of fell in the role and really enjoyed it but working with young uh, I suppose up and coming cricketers it, it was really rewarding because they were so focused and they would really want to improve so everything you gave them um, you could see a lot of results so for me as a cricketer um, yeah I, I love the job um, and it, it was a really hard decision to leave but it's it's been the best thing I've done I think and allowed me to do what I'm doing now but yeah to answer your question um, great opportunity great role and um, I loved working with yeah up and coming elite cricketers I, d I don't think in general society just realise the amount of hard work that goes into uh, I guess building a high level or an elite athlete and it's and until you get some sort of insight into that process and how it all works you're kind of oblivious to it and in a story I'm going to share I'm, I'm not sure if I've, if I've told you this one mate but um, at probably about about seven years ago I was a carded athlete um, in New Zealand so that means uh, you get access to a whole lot of funding and uh, resources uh, depending on your level of carding and this was this was as part of a, um, a talent ID project uh, a talent ID um, program that I was in for the New Zealand bobsleigh team and so 
we we got this funding and we could access physios and massage and stuff like that but um at some point during this program i had fractured my foot well we, i'd injured my foot and nobody knew what it was so um being a carded athlete i, I kind of got fast tracked and and this this I, I remember it because i was just blown away by it but i got called up and and they said look you've got this um you need to go into hospital to have the scans and, and in a day I had a bone scan I had an x-ray I had an ultrasound and I had an MRI and I was in the hospital for about five hours I had all these tests and, and the nurses were saying oh you know this is really this is really weird that you've you've having all these these tests done and I didn't think too much of it but I got home that afternoon and I got a text from this random number and it was a guy and he said hey I'm your surgeon you need to stop eating you're going into the operating room tomorrow to have your broken foot fixed and that was going from just being um, not knowing what that system is like just being a, a, a I guess a just a pleb athlete to yeah, somebody yeah. who had this whole world open up to them and seen firsthand you know we're really quick to um, to I, I guess critique professional athletes but until you see what they go through um, you kind of get an understanding of why they need the support and why these resources are made available to them but it was just kind of really eye-opening for me to see that experience firsthand but um, I, th- I think you would have seen a lot of that um, being involved with Cricket Australia too so that's that's really cool that you can have experiences like that. Yeah it was mate and I suppose you you see these players out on the field and things like that and you think wow how lucky are they but the sacrifices they make and um, I have actually heard that you were in the bobsled team mate and I hadn't brought that up with you but uh, that's pretty cool I might start calling you Sunka hey Sunka man (laughs) so you're also a personal trainer so within that role what similarities do you see between that so your personal training role and teaching physical education yeah, so I suppose I started running boot camps just as a side thing. I've always been interested in it and I've uh, had my uh, personal training certificate. I started this about four years ago and I was doing three mornings a week for friends and I just really enjoyed it and I liked um, obviously working with adults as well as my teaching role working with students. Um, and what I've found is that um, it doesn't matter what age you are, if you can make fitness fun or you can make it into a game where people actually forget what they're doing you're going to have really good results. And um, I started using a lot of the games that I'd been using with my students, with adults. And I saw just how crazy it was because how I see it is people as kids, you know, you play a lot, you have fun, you don't have a worry in the world. Whereas when you grow up as an adult, you've got a mortgage, you've got kids, you've got work, you know, life becomes pretty boring, pretty dull. So if you can add a little bit of fun, a little bit of joy into that day, particularly getting them to play again and remember their childhood, um, you're going to really uh, tap into a, a huge market. And what I've done is now I've, yeah, I run a pretty successful fitness company in Melbourne. And through that, I've found crossovers for fitness that um, apply for both really young students right through to adults. And um, that's sort of where I'm really passionate about now is and I call it sneaky fitness because I make it sneaky and people actually forget what they're doing because they're having so much fun. So um, if you're a student, I'll do that in the classroom. Or if you're an adult, I'll do it in a boot camp. So, um, yeah, I think there's a big crossover between both. And I've been really fortunate that I can use both my passions now for adults and for students and to help teachers around the world. Isn't it funny that you kind of just that flip that switch gets flipped and all of a sudden you're an adult and you have adult problems and all that um, 
that exploration and that fun and that discovery as a kid it just it just almost ceases to exist I think that's why we're, you know, we're seeing this proliferation of gamification in business and how it's our, our, our clients or our end users, we're seeing greater uh, user engagement through this, this concept called gamification and we're starting to see it in education more and more. Um, so it's, you're obviously doing it really well and it's, and it's cool to hear how it's been successful um, for you and, and that personal training business but it's also I think really important to consider how we can um, push it more in education because you and I both know that um, there's those aspects of, of gamification and gaming which we're going to talk about soon um, yeah. they're so important to consider and install in our classroom if we want to see um, I guess we want to be relevant too with our students because gaming is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger um, and it's becoming um more of an everyday thing for our students so um, I, I like that those similarities that you've that you've linked in that relationship you see there between your role as a personal trainer and physical education well I think I think life is just one big game um, and it's you know it's how you go about putting the bricks or the, the sticks in place to sort of set that boundaries and get people going so like I know you talk about a lot and particularly with your gaming experience but school i think I, I think i've heard this from you but school's like one big game it's just not very good yeah. you know and i think uh so you, you I, listen I, to my stuff mate you listen I to do, my stuff i do mate I, I i do listen to you mate i i've got a fond little bond with you here mate i'm gonna admit it online um but like i've listened to a couple of books uh, gamification toolkit and also gamify by brian burke and when i started reading those because i heard a lot of these buzzword what is gamification and and Really, yeah, I, I totally agree with what you say that schooling is a bad game. You know, you level up each year and, um, you know, just it, it just doesn't engage people. So I couldn't agree more. I've found a way to do that in fitness. But now my big passion is trying to bring that across into school. And I know we're working on something together, mate, and um, it's, it's really exciting. And I think uh, the more people we can share, I don't know, our ideas and um, sort of knowledge with, I think it was really helpful and I can see that this year from all the teachers I've sort of had in my workshops and things like that. Yeah, Jesse, Jesse Schell, I think, is, is, the, is the guy who quoted that, that um, education is just a, a, is, is a game. It's just a, a very poorly designed one. And, and we have all these aspects of education and schooling that are, are no different to what you see in a, in a game. They're just really bad. And, yeah. and we've got the power to um, take these um, aspects or these uh, areas of education and make them fun and exciting, which is, I think, what, we, uh, what we're trying to do. And you've just come off a bit of a tour around New Zealand. Um, what, yeah. sort of, what sort of workshops have you been running and, and how well received have they been by New Zealand educators? Yeah, really well. Even though I bring up uh, at the start of most of my workshops about the one-day cricket World Cup final last year, but uh, I've realised that uh, I'm the only Aussie in the whole room and there's a lot of Kiwis. But no, I've, um, I've just come back from my second full week um, in New Zealand this year and um, absolutely loving it. I think uh, obviously New Zealanders and Australians are, are very similar and we've got a huge passion for what we're doing and uh, that's been really I, I just love it I love coming over I love seeing your beautiful country um, first time I was over I was in uh, Auckland had a couple of workshops and then I was lucky enough to come to your school Carl and meet you in uh, Wellington mate and nearly got blown away uh, <laughs> I didn't have a kite very windy place but uh, no it was lovely and um, my recent trip was to uh, Taronga and Dunedin and 
um, as I said, it's been fantastic. Um, I really love coming over and uh, I think both our countries are, are very similar with what we're trying to do and trying to build up physical education and get more of it and sort of advocate for it. And um, I think that's why, yeah, the workshops I've been running have sort of been well received. And uh, yeah, I think there's more scope for me to come back hopefully in the near future. What were the focus? What was the focus of the recent ones you did? Yeah, so a lot of the one-day workshops I've been doing are basically just giving teachers different ways to turn things into a game and motivate students. So in the morning, I like using like stories, um, dice and cards and music to get uh, to get students moving. And if you want a little bit of an idea of what I mean, I've just released a three-part uh, podcast series on using dice cards and Uno cards. Um, and I mentioned my top three games in those. So they're basically ways I just use those cards to mix up basically warm-ups, different ways of teaching and things like that. And why they work so well is because every school's already got dice cards, Uno cards. You don't need to go out and buy them. Um, as well as using music. I love using music as a, as a warm-up and a workout. And uh, it's basically a song where it's got a lot of repeated words and so on. Um, and what I've found is, even if teachers, I suppose, don't really learn anything from my workshops, which I'm sure they do, at least they can have a fun day. So I go in with the model that um, if you're learning, if you're having fun, then it's going to be beneficial. Um, and I think that's the way all teachers, particularly PE teachers, run our lessons anyway. So I just remember as a teacher sitting through a lot of PDs where I was just sitting all day and I don't really have a big attention span. Carl, I can't really sit still. So <laughs> if you make me sit there and read slides all day, I'm going to be staring at the window. So I've gone with the model, sit down for five, ten minutes max, and then we're up and about. So um, I've really enjoyed it. I like uh, having a lot of energy up and about, and um, I think New Zealand teachers have embraced it so far, which has been great. Nice. I, I haven't um, sat in a, a whole whole workshop of yours, but I've, I've observed the one that you, <clears throat> that you ran at our school and, and definitely the feedback uh, from the teachers that attended has been really positive. And you've got this, you've got a pretty um, unique... Um, presenting style and I think maybe that's just your enthusiasm and your enthusiasm for this uh, approach um, to learning and teaching so um, I'll I'll make sure I share um, that podcast episode in the show notes but yeah if you get the opportunity to listeners if you get the opportunity to attend one of Dale's workshops um, jump at it because because they're pretty cool Uh, we are we're off to Dubai in a couple of weeks only three three weeks away Are are you pumped about it? I am, mate. I'm. Uh, I, was, I was very nervous this time last year because I didn't actually know what to expect. I'd I'd never really been to a big conference, let alone presented at one. So I didn't let on that I was nervous, but I was actually packing myself, mate. And then to make the big journey over by myself, um, particularly with the uh, stopover that we're going to experience. But now it's going to be great, mate, going over with yourself and your lovely wife. And um, yeah, I'll be able to show you the ropes, mate. It's my second time. Looking forward to it, mate. Um, <laughs> what, are, what are you presenting on there? Yeah, so again, uh, last year I basically presented on an hour and a half masterclass making fitness fun. So exactly what I just mentioned there, using dice, cards, yep. music, and stories. Um, and this year I'm going to do like a part two of that. So it's going to be all new activities that I've, I haven't released before. They're all brand new. 
Um, and yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I think we had about 40 in each masterclass last year in a little room and it just went off. Like the energy was through the roof and it was amazing. So I'm pumped for that again. Um, and not only that, I get to see amazing other presenters such as yourself and everybody going. So um, it's a really cool experience having, I think there's 160 PE staff there last year from 30 different countries. So just even uh, networking and talking to them. I know I spoke to a lot of them on Twitter for a long time, and you're the same. Uh, and then you finally meet in person. It's pretty cool. So um, I think that in itself, um, the Twitter community is amazing. And then when you get the chance to actually meet these people, it's yeah. I, I I recommend people going if you're lucky enough to get the time off of school or your school will take you. Then yeah, it's definitely worthwhile. Jared uh, runs a very good uh, presentation and and everything that he does through Connected PE. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty excited about it. Like yourself, though, a little bit nervous. Um, I've done I've done a couple of international um, conferences uh, and presented at one of them. Did a keynote, but still, it's you're not quite sure um, how it's all going to pan out. And especially yeah. especially somewhere like Dubai, where you're going to get uh, where it's this hub that draws from a whole lot of different areas. Um, you're going to get a lot of different teachers who have come from different curriculums and different approaches and teaching styles so you're always kind of in the back of your head are wondering how applicable your stuff is going to be but yeah. I think yeah. um, just being confident in, in what we do and be prepared to learn from others too which is what networking is all about and being able to do that and, and I always harp on about um, that we don't do this enough so uh, it's, it's going to be a pretty choice experience I think and I'm I'm actually going to do a uh, I'm going to try I'm going to try and do a bit of a, a podcast using some of the um, presenters and some of the delegates um, and I put okay. together like 20 questions and um, you know a delegate or a presenter can pick one of those questions and, and have a bit of a two or three minute spiel on that question and I'll, I'll collate all of that and um and hopefully, hopefully, it'll be some good content. I reckon it will be, mate. And, and as you mentioned, um, I went over last year as well, thinking, "Am I good enough to even be going to this workshop? You know, let alone actually conference, let alone presenting." And because a lot of teachers, they're amazing. They come from all over the world, but um, you are, mate. I'll back you in, buddy. I reckon you're going to dominate. Can't wait to be over there with your ledge. Cheers, mate. So listening, listening to you speak and the things that you said, it's pretty obvious that active learning and active education is something that you're quite passionate about. So why do you feel that these two approaches are important across all learning areas, not just physical education? Uh, because uh, I don't think learning just takes place sitting at a desk. So um, I think if you can be learning and active, because if your brain's moving around, your body's moving, you, you're learning more, you're taking more in. Where if you're sitting down, I, I just don't think that's the way to learn. You know, you don't sit down all day and learn. You walk around, you see things, you do things. So I think moving around, interacting, and I think through games a lot, the more social interaction and teamwork you get, that's not learning you see about your times tables or your writing words. That That is actual real-life learning that's going to set our students up for future success. So if you can make games that get the curriculum benefits and the educational benefits but they're also working as a team they're moving they're active and they're ticking all these boxes then the results are epic and for me being able to create those and give those to teachers and show them how cool they are it's such a rewarding process and i think that's why i'm so passionate about it mate because i generally believe that by teaching this way the way that i know you believe in as well that like the students are just going to enjoy school so much more and the results are going to be 
epic. Mm. Mm. You, you've mentioned this a few times already, but you and I formed a bit of a partnership recently and we're working on an educational resource. Do you want to tell us a bit about that scene so you're kind of the brains behind it all? Oh, I'm definitely not the brains, mate. We're uh, working quite well as a team, but um, it was just an idea. Uh, we, well, I remember catching up with you when you drove me to the airport after your workshop. We're actually having a beer and uh, mentioned that if we ever wanted to do a project here, any ideas, and it really got me thinking because... Um, you know, I've followed you for a while and I really like your stuff and I've listened to your stuff on gamification and I thought there's something here that nobody else is delivering and I've witnessed some of the activities I roll out with not only PE teachers but mainly the sessions I run for classroom teachers and how re- how well received these games have been and so what we've tried to do is we've come up with 10 core games. So well, really well-known games where there's like Prison Break, Game of Life, Monopoly, there's a Passport Explorer where you go around the world, there's a Paper Plane Challenge, there's a Super Coach game, there's an indoor tennis ball game. Anyway, what these games are, they're games where you get moving a little bit, but then also they're really based around education. So like I just mentioned, you're not sitting down, but you're working as a team, and the aim is it's a game. So um, I know gamification buzzword, but these are games where you want to you want to work harder, you want to get further because there's opportunities and rewards for you. So as a team, you have to work together to get the best possible result. And um, I'm really excited for the release. It's going to be uh, in a couple of weeks if I can finish the videos off. I know I've never done so many videos before, but uh, I know you're an expert on the videos, mate. And uh, yeah, keep an eye out for it, guys. Learning with games, and it's yeah, pretty exciting. I'm, yeah, I can't wait for the release. To be honest, mate. I, I think it's I think it's going to be good. And and what I like about it is it does have um you know the the games have the printable or downloadable resources, but then they have um the supporting video to to guide the teachers um through the game. And I think what technology allows us to do these days is with uh, shifting away from from physical resources to something that's online, it just allows us to, um, it it makes it more organic and we can keep adding to it. And, um, you know, the plan is that we're going to be adding uh, new resources uh, weekly or fortnightly. Um, And I I think um, it's going to have some real benefit for um, teachers across all learning areas. primary there'll be some um crossover into secondary um so i think uh, it's exciting and i've seen the stuff that you're putting together and i think it's awesome and i'm looking forward to being able to contribute some of my ideas and some of my um takes on on game mechanics um within within the the learning platform or the the resource so um that's going to be i'm pretty excited about it and i hope um, yeah and i i think i think what you mentioned that not only the resources are great but the videos as well explaining it and I, what I've found from delivering my workshops this year is that I've had ebooks and resources I've got a member zone where people can go and get these resources but you can't actually see what it's like to be delivered by reading you don't actually see how cool something is um, so the resources I deliver in my workshops people love because they can see how cool they are whereas if you read that on a bit of paper you wouldn't notice so yeah. that's why this site's going to be so easy and good for teachers to use because all the resources are there but then in the videos as well so um, and we've left a lot of it open too because teachers are amazing they've got so creative minds and they, they're really creative too so not only are we giving, but we're also leaving the door open a bit for teachers to have their little bit of flair and spin on it. So, yep, stay tuned. It's going to be uh, really cool, mate. 
So you, you've mentioned a couple of times about these buzzwords and, and we have gamification. I've said it a few times and game-based learning and gamified learning. So they're kind of the, the in words at the moment. Why, why should teachers really be paying attention to them? Oh, I think it's pretty plain and simple. What are, why do students have such low fitness levels and things at the moment? Why level is participation in sport low? Because students these days want to play games. They want to play Xbox. They want to play PlayStation. They want to play their iPads. You know, they're more engaged with how those games are designed. So whatever the game developers are doing that are making those games, we need to use those and transform that into what we're actually doing because it works. Kids don't want to stop playing PlayStation. They don't want to stop playing on their iPad. Now, it doesn't matter if it's an educational game or not. They're wanting to keep going. So um, it's plain and simple. We've got to change the way we teach. I think um, it's it's worked well, but everything needs a little jig, jig up and a little bit of a, a re-sort re of do. So um, for me, games are designed so well. They get buy-in from everybody, adults, children, everything. So if we can change that for our teaching then it, who knows what will happen in the future yeah i agree but don't you think and i've seen i've seen this firsthand as soon as you start talking games or gamification or game-based learning it implies well it kind of teachers who aren't up with those buzzwords yeah. or have an experience with games or kind of understand just how uh how far-reaching video games are um, they kind of get the impression that it's it's taken away from the educational value because it's just games. Yeah, and, and this is, you're always going to get this. No matter what, anything you roll out new, you're going to get sceptics. And I think teachers are nearly the worst at it most time are worried about change. Um, and that's why I think if people like yourself, myself, can start advocating this and showing the results that we get by teaching like this, that's the only way it's going to change. And the more people we get on board, if it's like a train, get people into carriages and the train gets bigger and bigger, we make noise, we see results. It's the only way it's going to change. I, I'm i a big believer in that. And uh, I, I know I'm myself, I'm skeptic when there's new things. And um, if I didn't know much about gamification, but I read into it, I, I, I read this word and I'm like, I don't understand it. So I wanted to know more. So that's what I want other teachers to sort of read into and parents as well, because we want them on board too, because a lot of the time, they don't want to see change. They want to see lessons run for an hour, literacy, numeracy, like I've mentioned before. Whereas, let's mix it all up. Let's do it all together in a game. You know, it's it's the way of the future. And I think uh, teachers, we're we're pretty lucky. We're, we're we've got a chance to change everything. Yeah, yeah, we do. And it's, I mean, there's nothing more exciting than than seeing change in action. And I I look at some of the um, the cool things that. Uh, a few schools in New Zealand are doing around the way they um, they're challenging the status quo and how they deliver their lessons or how they deliver their curriculum, and and it's just I, I don't I don't understand understand how people don't get excited about that and and want to change what they're doing, um, but there's just so many people who just want to stay as is, um, chalk and talk, and yeah. all of this um, this traditional form of teaching. But yeah, you know, we do need to. Um, be prepared to em embrace the future and and change the way we do things for the benefit of our students because the students that we have in front of us now um, are not the same students that even when you you and I are at school and even more so than when um, our parents are at school you know the, the, the change is 
it's so far-reaching and um, we've got to really consider that in how we approach our students. Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree, mate. And I think that's the thing that um, <laughs> everything changes. Your cars, they change. iPhones change. You know, why does that mean our teaching stays the same? And as a teacher, if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to get stale, you're going to get stagnant. So by introducing these new things, it's not only for the students' benefit, it's for the teachers. Yeah. If you're rolling something out new, it's so much more engaging. And I think that's why we've just got to keep going and going and one thing will click and, you know, then it'll change the way people see things. And I think, like just th- thinking about... Um rolling out the same stuff there and, and getting stale and things like that and I, I, I see it in my own teaching I, I find that if I'm doing something that it's kind of rinse and repeat from the year before or the year before it, it is kind of boring for the kids and yeah. I just see in the kids responses and their reactions to when I plan a completely new topic or unit that is relevant to them it has uh, more value to them and you just see it in their eyes they um, the, the more excited they can see that you you've done a little bit of extra planning or research or you've done some upskilling um and you you, you see the benefit right right there and then and um that's just one of the coolest things in education i think when you see that High level, uh, high level of engagement, and you're just not going to get that from something you roll out every single year. No, you're not. And you mentioned the big thing there. If you're engaged, if you're excited about something, energy is infectious. The kids see that. You come in and roll the same thing out that you've been rolling out for the last four years. Of course, the kids see that you don't want to do it. You're dull. You're bored. You're not excited about this. You're going through the motions. You roll something new out you're proud about, that energy, you've got the kids because they feed off you. They're like sponges. You know, you start with that energy, then you get it back off them. It just flows around the room. And I guess that's one of the challenges with education these days is we, as teachers, we're so time poor and it is easy to just settle back and, and roll that stuff out. But um and and on and firsthand, it's something that that I do, and um, I need to try to do it less. But um, yeah, it's a challenge. And the more we can start, um, even just starting small, just going, okay, well, this week, what's the one new thing I'm going to do with this class, and roll that out and see what happens. And 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 if you keep doing that and build bigger and, and better things, then um, the kids are going to you're going to see some results in the classroom. I think. Yeah, definitely. And and that's what I say in my workshops. I say, get a dice, get a deck of cards, start each lesson with a new game, a five-minute game. You know, use a dice. So, for example, if you're using basketball, you're doing a general warm-up, dribbling, shooting, passing, running, squat, sit-ups, okay? Whatever number you roll on the dice, it allocates to one of those movements. You do 10 reps of it, make it into a challenge. Whoever gets the most at the end wins. Really simple. You can use that for any sport, right? It's completely what you're doing already. It's the same warm-up. But by adding in a dice or a deck of cards, right, you'll see this different change because it's randomized. And that, that's a big thing I've started to see. Start small and you're like, wow, that works well. And then you, you'll get excited as well. You're like, geez, this is so much better than what I've been doing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Hey, uh, last question. You've worked with quite a few New Zealand educators in a number of New Zealand cities now. What has been your best highlight while on the side of the ditch? Um, oh, do you know what? I generally love coming over. Um, I like going out for dinner. It's a bit, it's a bit different uh, on workshops by yourself, but I really, uh, I'm a big fan of craft beer, so I like testing uh, your lovely beers. And to be honest, flying into all of your cities is nearly breathtaking. There's so much water 
um, in Australia to have a water property, you've nearly got to fork out $3 million, whereas there's there's water everywhere in your country and, and it's beautiful. Um, yeah, so I just love coming over and um, it feels a little bit like home because your weather's pretty average like ours. So um, for me, it's like being at home with nice beer and there's water everywhere. So ticking so many boxes and then I get to run workshops doing something I love with educators that are really passionate about what they do. So um, yeah, big thumbs up and talk about rugby not cricket winning and losing because uh the all blacks always win so um i've found talking about that more than cricket's uh, a really good way to start my sessions <laughs> hey dale thanks for taking the time to, to have a chat i think it's well it's it's pretty obvious that you're the type of guy you're the type of educator that is just um so passionate and enthusiastic about everything that you're doing and that's that's cool to see and it's contagious you know i i start getting excited talking to you because you're so excited and and if we could all be like that in education then um how how, how cool would that be for our students so right um i'm looking forward to catching up with you uh melbourne before we board that long flight to uh where are we going brunei and then on to dubai <laughs> In that, in that ready airport that I keep Jared keeps telling me about but um, it'll be a cool experience so yeah once again mate just thanks for um, thanks for sitting down to chat alright thanks for having me Carl appreciate it mate cheers buddy <laughs>